It's 3 o'clock on the Blitz 1170, and that means it's time for the show with Pop and Colby. I start looking around. I'm like, who wants some of this? I would think you would have a little bit more self-awareness. Yum, yum, give me some. <laughs> Although that might have just ended any and all <laughs> I chances just, of that I just killed happened. it. Scott File is alongside trying to keep them on time. It's technically a sports show, but that's debatable. What? Like, you just deserve to not have penalties called against you because you're Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Well, while Dan Cooper looks at Rico Dowdle's appendage. Daddy! Oh, look at that! Look at this, look at that! What did you say Candace Bergeron looked like? Robocop. <laughs> she looked like Peter Weller in the suit. We just want to have fun. Real talk. Don't ever call my bits little again. <laughs> I've never tasted a peacock. My wife's a, a horse person. Blasting their way across Oklahoma. It's the show with Pop and Colby on the Blitz 1170. How young is too young to have your prostate checked? All right, give me the call letters again. Uh, KTSB, the Blitz 1170. KTSB at the plate and whammy! The Blitz 1170, you betcha. Yo, what's up? Welcome in here on the Blitz 1170. My name is Jeremy Poplin. That is Scott File. This is an episode of the show. Kobe Daniels will be along in just a few moments. We want to welcome you in to this Wednesday edition here on the Blitz. Coming to you live from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studios, directly across the street from Guthrie Green in downtown Tulsa. What is up, Scott? How are you, buddy? Is it bad that I already forgot what episode number this is? One oh six. Okay, it's episode one oh six here on the Blitz eleven seventy. It, no, it's not bad because for crying out loud, <laughs> it was a bit that I started and then just completely forgot about. And the only reason, yeah, but you just recalculated the other day, and I already forgot. The only reason that I know, by the way, that we're on that number of episodes is because. There was a nice 69 that was there, what, the Friday before Bedlam? The Friday before Bedlam, And yeah. if it had been any other number other than that, maybe like a, a, a nice 70 or 80 increments of 10 that would have made it easy to remember. But if that had been like a 53 or 70, there's no way I would have been able to remember that. Maybe it's more of a statement about where my maturity level is at more than anything else. Uh, hope that you had a good evening last night as we get set to move in throughout the afternoon here on a Wednesday. What'd you get into last night? Anything? Uh, I watched that OSU game, unfortunately. More on that in a bit because I have a question regarding Oklahoma State basketball. That is, uh, it, is it about the defense? Or <laughs> I think it's just, in, it's just in general. I think this is just a general question about the state of Oklahoma State basketball program. Because if you were to walk in and say, all right, if Mike Boynton or AD, Chad Weiberg, director of basketball ops, any, any one of them, were to say, you know what, uh, tune in tomorrow, we'll have a State of the Union address on Oklahoma State basketball, 
That might be one where I don't even know if the half that is with you would be standing up and clapping like they do at the State of Union Address. It'd be like, I am here today to announce that uh, I sneezed three times in a row in whatever yeah, party yeah, you yeah. come from. Or, uh, standing up, that's the reason why it takes four hours to get through that damn thing. I, I don't really know how many people would stand up and applaud along with Mike Boynton right now. It's beyond time that you start to ask some very serious questions about what the state of actual program is. More on that in a bit, though. Uh, outside of basketball, is that pretty much the only thing that you did yeah, last night? Is, yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. I have not been. I, I blame the holiday break. I have not got back into my sleeping patterns the way that I had before holiday break. Because there for a while, Scott, I had really turned into me. I'm going to be in bed by 10, guy. And typically, asleep, it doesn't take me very long to just crash no, once either. I lie down at all. Typically, like asleep by 10, like 15 after 10. 10.30 for a stretch was incredibly late for me. Here, since the holiday break, though, I have logged some 1.30s. <laughs> I've logged some 1 a.m.s. Now, that hasn't necessarily played out in my favor when I wake up in the morning to get the kiddo up for school, but something's got to change. But you're not thinking change. about that. I, you... <laughs> yeah, I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm thinking about, okay, I got another episode of Monarch on Apple Plus I got to fit in. Last night, there it was. It was late, and I looked over. I was like, you know, we forgot all about the last episode of Fargo being on. We got to get caught up. So we hit play at like midnight last night on Fargo. All right. All right. And then knowing that I, I'm i going to pay for this in the morning. And oh, buddy, did I. I did indeed. All right. I believe Colby Daniels has joined the festivities here this afternoon on a day in which we will check up with Dusty Dvorak coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, get his thoughts on the national championship game. Uh, I gentlemen would like to do a segment on cd lamb who i think you could point to and say uh there was a moment after the niners game in which cd lamb basically went into the head coach's office and said what it is boy what's up even i need a little love and mike mccarthy kind of said okay and it has changed the fortunes of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll get into CeeDee Lamb and his turnaround, the former Oklahoma Sooner, for this Cowboy offense. I do want to talk some Jordan Love, Scott. Get your opinion on Jordan and what we've seen because this is uh, an intriguing game with the fifth youngest team in the NFL and the Packers playing against a now veteran-laden team in Dallas that has some playoff experience. So we'll spend some time on that game. Remember, 2.30 at Sunday right here on the Blitz 1170 for the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers. But first, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the one, the only, Colby Daniels here on the Blitz 1170. Hey, dude, what's going on? Fellas, happy Wednesday. Uh, hey, did you know that CeeDee Lamb went to Mike McCarthy after the Niners game and respectfully asked for the football? Uh, yeah, I I didn't have any idea until I dove into, I, I don't know, an article that I just so happened to randomly run across today that he went in and had a respectful conversation with Mike it McCarthy. It is a beating to listen <laughs> to broadcasters talk about that every single week during Cowboy games. <laughs> 
We know. Uh, yeah, we, we get, know. We get it now. Yeah, we I, absolutely. I know there are a lot it. of people that, that don't watch the Cowboys on a weekly basis, but for those of us that do, every single week, you know, I mean, Ceedee Lamb, after that Niners game, he went to McCarthy and respectfully asked to do more, and look what it's done. What doesn't help though is that, and I. I kind of had my eyes open to the way that things work on the TV scene this year because this year, instead of us doing our own separate coordinator meetings for the radio crew for Tulsa, I and we, the general we, the broadcast crew, we would do it on the exact same day as television would do theirs. So, for instance, when Kevin Wilson was doing the meetings with play-by-play, sidelines, and color through Zoom, I would typically be in Coach Spurrier's office, and we would be listening to it. And then we would wait until Steve Spurrier was done. And every single week, it was the exact same questions over and over and over again. And at, at the point where I finally got to a point where I asked Coach Spurrier, I'm like, do you ever get tired just knowing that they can't even get three questions out without asking you about a Michael Leach question or story because dude, it's just like clockwork every week. So I can only imagine the NFL guys are the same way. It's the same stuff over and over. So tell me about this meeting, right? With CD lamb and how things changed when he went and, you know, respectfully had a conversation with Mike McCarthy about how this offense is going. It, it was eye opening. Yeah, he wasn't a diva about it guys. No, not at all. He, he did it all. respectfully and he wasn't demanding the football. He was basically Hey, I can do more for this team. We've, uh, yes, we, we are <laughs> underachieving. So um, I imagine the conversation was like, hmm, sir, Coach McCarthy, I would like to pick your brain for just a brief moment or two. And, and like in a fake British accent, C.D. Lamb sitting down and having that conversation with Mike McCarthy. What was the famous so Keyshawn line, give me the damn ball? Yeah. I feel like C.D. Lamb might have said, give me the damn ball respectfully. Yeah. And then Mike McCarthy, as he's walking out, that's a disgusting act by C.D. Lamb as he exits the building. How's the day been, dude? Day's been good, man. Uh, you know, dealing with the depression that we're over 200 days away from the start of the college football season. But <laughs> you're, Wait a minute, you know, you're, you're already counting? I'm not counting. I just happened to see a post today okay. that had the exact number. And I want to say it was 227, but I don't. I can't remember... With certainty, I know it was over 200, and I just thought, like, it's really depressing to see that number. Listen, I love college football, but I've also been of the opinion as well that, I mean, if you pigeonhole yourself and you are beating yourself up over the fact that there's 200-plus days that's left, like, you need to live a little. Maybe, I don't know, go outside. Maybe, I don't know, hold hands with a girl. It's nine degrees outside, Pop. Okay. All right. Hold hands with a girl inside then. Like, do something. Pick a nice warm fire. Pick up a book. Read a book. Okay. Now you're just getting ridiculous. Stop complaining about the college football game, dorks. You're not not 16 or 17 anymore. Like, it'll be okay. College football will get here. Unless we keep having these solar outbreaks happen. And then from the video I watched of... uh, the new Alien video that was released. Oh, we are in for it, gentlemen. We are in for it for sure. I mean, but more than likely, college football will roll back around. But there's so many other things to life. 
you might actually stumble upon something that you love, maybe get a hobby or two instead of doing a countdown every day for college football. And I love college football. Don't get me wrong. Have you checked out the NFL? It happens to be pretty awesome. You clearly don't. Yeah, I clearly hate college football. You clearly hate it. (laughs) It's the worst. (laughs) I'm just like everyone else. I complain about the sport as much as anyone does, but yet love it uh, equally across all parts. Hey, man. NFL playoffs, though, you know, it's – I can't wait. Yeah. I was telling Scott, I haven't been able to sleep. Like, I've been putting in... Oh, welcome to the club. I've been putting in the nights where it's well after... You know me, dude. I told you and and Matt a long time ago that there are times 10, 15, I'm out. Like, I'm already already in bed. Right. Since the holiday break, uh, it's been about 1.30 consistently, maybe maybe 2 a.m. Wow. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I'm like, like busy? I'm not or? tired. I'm just not I'm not okay. tired. I completely flipped the script on the old body clock. Now it sucks in the mornings. It really sucks in the mornings when the alarm goes off. But uh yeah, I gotta I gotta get back on my regular routine. And I don't really know what's gonna cause that. Other than maybe popping a few gummies, if you know what I mean. Like <laughs> let's see how this works. Let's see how this works. Uh, did you get into anything good last night? How much of the Oklahoma State game did you take in? I watched most of it. Why? Um, I say watched most of it. Why? It was on, and I I was paying attention without the volume, I guess, for, for the entire second half. Um, yeah, I mean, from, from the time that they kind of lost the, what was it, 20 to 11? Yes. I think with about, I don't know, 13, 12 minutes left in the first half. From that moment on, it was pretty much just a, a complete disaster from the Oklahoma State side. But Yes, it was. And uh, I do have to ask, and it's a question that I want to spend some time on a little bit later, but what do you do to fix this program? Fix is probably the wrong word. Like, what's the next step to improvement? Is improvement meaning that you need a, a, a different direction in terms of leadership? Is that where we're at with this team? Because it seems like it's the same old song and dance. And again, here we are, and we've talked about shooting. We've talked about other elements of this team. But the other element that we have not seen them be able to get over the hurdle with is these moments where the game absolutely loses them completely they lose track of where they're at they have these the the moments in which they hit rock bottom in the flow of a game or more dramatic it seems than any other team and how many years in a row now have we been dealing with that while watching Oklahoma State basketball and you're you're on year seven now and it's a lot of the same elements that we've been talking about for years and yet here we are I know they're not going to be in the conference anymore, but it's got to be a little bit concerning the fact that you have been able to see your rival right down the road be able to regenerate an entire roster virtually and get them to a point where they're playing the level of basketball that they are because things are not going to get any easier in this conference. And, you know, I, I'm going to stop saying things like I was with Holcomb yesterday, which was, you know, a road win early on would do them a lot of good. Because I don't even think well, they have, have. I don't but. even think they have the potential to get a road win in a in a place like Tech 
or the potential to get a road win in places coming up this weekend like Ames. Especially Ames is the one they'll get. You know that, right? More than likely. Like Iowa State it, it, pulls yeah. off the upset and then OSU goes in there and, and does what nobody thinks they can do. And, but when I saw the final score for Houston, my first thought was, yeah, Houston, Big 12 hits a little bit harder in January when you got to go to places like Ames compared to Orlando to play Central Florida early on in January in conference play. But that that doesn't speak well for Oklahoma State at all heading into this weekend, which we already knew was going to be a tough place. I just don't know what the answer is anymore. And I, I don't know if there's anything that can happen currently that makes you feel good about the direction that they're headed. I mean, I think there's just been a lot of confidence that you have the right people to turn it around, right? And we're now on year seven of this regime that has made a grand total of one NCAA tournament appearance and is winning 42% of their conference games. Yes. Seven years in. Like, I, Look, I am not one of these people that, that thinks like you need to just rotate coaches in and out, right? No, like, if me anything, for the most part, we need to give coaches, I think, a, a longer period of time to have some sort of success or even to fairly gauge you know, what they're trying to accomplish. Seven years is... A long time to, I, I think, review what has happened and feel like you have a pretty good handle on what the program is under this regime. I think it's, it's more a long than time. fair. I think it's more than fair. Uh, and this is also, I, and I'm not big fans of, of coming on and, you know, banging the table and saying, hey, like, it's time for this or it's time for that. I, I'm sure that there have been questions that have been asked internally about what is going to happen. Do we even have a time frame on this? Can you even put a time frame on any of this with the true people that make things happen right. there in Stillwater? And I, I'm not a fan of jumping on here and calling for someone's job. And I'm not calling for, for anyone's job. I'm not asking the question about uh, if you really want to strip it down, and have the look-in-the-mirror conversation, do we see anything in terms of positivity that would make you feel like that there's a light at the end of however long you, you want the tunnel to be? Because this is a seven-year-long tunnel. All right, let's, let's rephrase that and let's give them a six-year tunnel since they made the tournament one year. Six years. Well, and, and then you have the, the ineligible year where, again, clearly that, that wasn't the fault of Mike Boynton or this current staff. So, you know, there, there are some built-in obstacles to this stretch that, you know, may be unfair to, to judge him on the entirety of the stretch. But you can't hang on to that part forever, right? Yeah, yeah. And I know that there are some people that have said – and I do feel like that that's been a crutch for them at times. I think it's been an emotional crutch. I, d I don't think that that's the case anymore. I think they finally were able to move past that, but it was used for far too long, in my opinion. And to anyone that is basically saying, like, hey, it just takes a long time to build a program, all right, so now the question turns into how how long is enough? I think with what we've seen, it's it's been enough time. And for anyone to be like, hey, you know, you know, the probation and you got por uh, the, the portal. Uh, how about, you know, level of competition within the conference? No one said that this is an easy conference 
to try to turn things around or even win at a consistent level. But there are other examples in this conference to me, like the team that they just got blown out by last night, that you should not be... Everyone loses. Some games get away from you, but this seems to be a reoccurring theme more than anything else for Oklahoma State basketball. Well, and even if you're not having the consistent success that some of the other programs are having, I don't think anybody's asking that, but you also haven't even had really the flash in the pans like like Texas Tech a couple years ago, right? Or like Kansas State a couple years ago. I mean, there have been schools in this conference that even though they may not be consistently finishing in the top three or four, they've had they've had years where, you know, they are one of the elite teams in the conference, one of the elite teams maybe in the country, and, and make tournament, not only make the tournament, but make tournament runs. And th- there hasn't been a single team like that no. in, in this period. Nope, there hasn't been at all. All right, so as you can tell, we got a uh, lot to get to. Uh, I do want to do that segment on C.D. Lamb. We'll try to stay away from the meeting that he had with Mike McCarthy and just kind of give you some raw numbers and look at the absolute heater that C.D. Lamb has been on since week five. Also, that is all pro C.D. Lamb, by the way, respectfully. I, I will make sure to throw that in there. Speaking of heaters, Jordan Love is on one of his own right, the quarterback for the very young Green Bay Packers. The only thing, Scott, before we take a break, that... I can imagine you feeling, because I, I know that you were done with, with Aaron Rodgers, and I can only assume that the media cycle that features Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if it brought back PTSD to you or you just were like, good riddance, we don't really have to put up with that anymore. But man, oh man, is the data sample that we have enough to proclaim Jordan Love the next great thing in Green Bay? Probably not. But man, you got to be feeling pretty damn good about the way that things have turned around so far as a Packers fan. Well, absolutely. And you can see not only on the field with the numbers, but just the way that this team has rallied around him. I mean, you go back to last year and, you know, you're coming down to the regular season finale. You're hosting the Lions in Lambeau Field. You win and you're in the playoffs. And that, that team just, they acted like they didn't even want to be there. They had no motivation. There was no interest. And there was, you didn't really feel other than at the end of the game, when you saw Rogers and Cobb kind of walk off the field, you know, together, like there was just, you didn't really feel like the team was rallying around Rogers and it's the complete opposite now. Yeah. In Bay. You, the trading of him was basically the old boom, tough acting to acting on, on your athlete's foot that you had broken out everywhere like you finally were able to cure and fix what a majority of the culture issues were and also something that was holding you back from being able to move forward and they've been able to take advantage of that so we'll get into that as well all right time out here on the blitz 1170 we want to hear from you neuropathy treatment clinic of oklahoma text line 918-262-5072 anything that you would like to text in we would like to hear from you and don't forget friday night thunder games beginning january 6th are with our do we refer to it as our sister station our partners upstairs how do we refer to it as our sister station typically implies a another radio station 
Is it, is our, it a parent company? Is our brother from another mother, like upstairs, or, or what? It's all part of Griffin Media, and you can check out those games beginning January 26th with the Oklahoma City Thunder on Cox, Channel 53 here in Tulsa, if you have Cox. And also, uh, 6.3, well, how do they refer to that, Scott? It's or 6.3, six, either one. 6.3, it's uh, news now. Um, on uh, Channel 6.3 with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'll get you the proper phrasing of that when we come back on the opposite side of this time out here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming live on the Blitz 1170 app.